0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsy's Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to want my pamps. I'm your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsy's Nook, one military pup is getting backlash for showing off his hood in his uniform. Plus, I sit down with a special guest to go over how to live an authentic ABDL lifestyle unapologetically. This week in Newsies News, a military pup is getting backlash for showing off his uniform with his hood on. Nova Campaigns, a right-wing Twitter account, posted a thread exposing two military pups. The thread both exposed their names, rank, and branch, and their alt Twitter accounts. The thread also posted personal Facebook photos. It is assumed that Nova Campaigns made the thread after Pup Ravage's retirement post. Pup Ravage, who is the primary pup exposed in the thread, posted on December 1st that after three decades of service, he was retiring. Since Nova's post, Pup Ravage says the attacks and threats he has received from the thread have become a bit draining, but he says he will never regret the love he shared and the lifelong friendships he's made in the community. The story has also been featured on a number of Fox News programs and conservative blogs. According to USA Today, an investigation is underway. Military articles posting on the thread say if the military deems the pictures with the hoods on to be dishonorable, Pup Ravage could be brought back to active duty to be court-martialed or retired at a lower rank. Pup Ravage recently posted saying that the, quote, flightline pics causing an uproar were taken at the Air Force Museum in Ohio and that the Gore-Tex military jacket was privately purchased. Many, at least on my Twitter feed, have showed support for the Pups. This week in Newsy's Nook, have you ever dreamed of living the ABDL lifestyle unapologetically? This week, I sit down with my friend, Baby Dom, to talk about why he made the switch to live this way, how it has changed his life, and how you can start adopting ways to live the ABDL lifestyle more openly. Well, thank you, Baby Dom, for coming to Newsy's Nook.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited Uh, to be here. Of course.
0: So we are talking about how... You just live unapologetically the ABDL lifestyle. You wear the clothes, you have the binky, you go out in public and you are unapologetic about it. Tell me about the time when you finally decided to live that way.
1: Yeah, um, it was actually kind of recent. uh, Up until about eight months ago, I haven't had really too much any interaction with the community. Um, I hadn't really met another ABDL um, but I'd always been super open about who I am as a person to like my closest friends. So there was a solid 10 to 15 people in my life um, who knew about this part of, you know, what I call kind of like an identity. Um, and so when I finally did connect with the community, uh, I, there was a switch in my head that kind of just turned. And I, I recognized that I don't want to uh, live with regret or resentment and kind of wake up one day and just say, you know, I missed out what happened. Do you think that was
0: important in your development? It's kind of sounds like you, you self-discovered yourself, right? You kind of discovered ABDL on your own. You didn't really connect with the community and then you connected. Do you think that was important for your development?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I almost, I wouldn't even say discovered because I think this is something that I've had since I can remember, right? I was one of those kids that as uh, very young, I would go to a friend's house. We're talking like before elementary school, and I would like steal diapers from, um, you know, little siblings and things like that and bring them home and be so fascinated for some reason with it. This is before there was even really what I understood to be like a sexual urge. It wasn't anything to do like it was necessary sexually. Um, It was more just about how do I, I guess, feel that comfort, that security, um, that protection, um, even at a very young age? So absolutely. I think it's more than just discovered, it's more about like accepting and embracing um and kind of just finding that self-love to where I finally just, you know, let myself be who I am.
0: So question, how do you how do you do that? So you said you you weren't really connected to the community. So how did you learn what diapers to buy, what onesies to get, how to act like a baby. I mean, did you all kind of, did you all make it up in your head as you went?
1: Um, so, I mean, even as a young age, I would go to stores and I would get like Good Nights or Pampers Cruiser size seven and do that kind of thing and, you know, hide them away. Um. In myself, like, I think that I found uh, way back when the call out to Deeker's diaper page, like this is, I don't even know, 15 years ago. I remember Tinker. Um, and I would read these types of stories, and um, so I was more like an outsider looking in. I guess I had never fully like accepted myself or gotten the courage like to actually meet other people within the community. Yet for some reason, was comfortable sharing who I was, um, you know, with those that were close to me. So I never kind of felt that like shame factor. Uh, but at the same time, there was this like. I don't know, concern uh, that was an internal concern that was what happens if I, you know, get too close and and actually like meet someone else who has the same desires or the same mindset.
0: Why was it so important for you to come out and live unapologetically? I mean, it kind of sounds like you could have lived in your own fantasy world and been content. Why, 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 why live unapologetically?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that when I did finally meet someone with similar desires and, um, similar interests and similar needs, I recognized that this is something that I feel like I've sort of been silencing, um, which didn't feel good. It felt like I was living sort of in isolation on myself, right? Like I was by myself sort of reading these stories or having these like fantasies, um, both psychologically, and also to some degree sexually, um, where I just kind of wanted to finally break through that barrier and uh, allow myself to just be me unapologetically.
0: Can you talk so it kind of so it sounds like you after you met someone, that's when the idea of living unapologetically happened. Can you describe what was it like meeting that first person? I mean, where'd you find them?
1: Yeah, it was actually um, a little bit more complicated. It wasn't even necessarily the person that pulled me out. Uh, you know, I my uh, my partner who I've been with for many years now, um, I was open to them as well when I first got with them. Um, mm-hmm. And he kind of gave it the good old college try of like, OK, I'm going to really, you know, um, embrace this and I'm going to immerse you in this sort of little lifestyle for the first couple months. And um it was incredible, right? It gave me this, this like total safety security blanket of feeling like, you know, this is my person. And if we're being honest, it was probably a large part of why I fell for this person um, right away. I think what happened was as he started sort of experiencing this, he recognized it wasn't for him and there were downsides to him and he, he shared his concerns. He surfaced his concerns with me. And for me that felt, um, difficult because i kind of was like okay i've been really vulnerable and you know i've presented and shared this side of myself that i hadn't necessarily done in the past with anyone in an intimate way um and now he sort of retreated uh and so that i think compounded internally for me to sort of hide away if you will and kind of like seclude myself or isolate myself um so when i first met this you know the first person that i met in the community um it was, it was interesting, but I also sort of approached it very, like, uh, cautiously. I, I wasn't really sure, you know, what can I connect with in this person beyond this interest. Um, it just so happened that we both actually worked in similar professional capacities. And so I kind of immediately was drawn more to like, tell me about You know what you do for work and what your interests are outside of abdl to really connect with this person and then slowly but surely i started to kind of um unfold and and start to to uh feel more comfortable sharing this
0: so just so i have it right the first abdl you met is now your current partner but he's no longer abdl
1: no 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 um so my partner tried to be my daddy Oh, I and understand. then said this isn't for me, and then essentially approached me and said, "You know, is this a uh, non-starter for you? Like, is this is this a deal breaker?" And at the time, um, I said no, and uh, I kind of said no in a way that was like, "I don't want to miss out on this opportunity." You know, I love you for a bunch of other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the next four or five years, I kind of retreated within, um, and I recognized recently after meeting people in the community that this was a part of me that i no longer wanted to silence
0: oh i understand let's get let's get into that relationship for a bit because before the interview we were talking about how you have kind of a, another partner who kind of plays the role of you know a daddy dom for you in a headspace way and you've already disclosed to me that you're not in an open relationship so how do you how do you navigate that in a real in being in a, in a relationship you know, being committed, not being open, but also having, you know, another person that fulfills a headspace need?
1: Yeah. um, So I think I have a few friends in the short time that I've been in part of the community. Um, This person is not part of the community, but this person is someone that I knew before um, and is really good at getting in headspace of multiple different things. So really is like very open minded. Um, was very curious and intrigued by baby Dom uh, and wanted to understand what that meant. Um, so from an emotional kind of psychological perspective, um, he's able to fulfill, you know, what that kind of like daddy nurturing um, type aspect would be. But because I'm not in an open relationship and I am committed to my partner, I've been committed to him for eight years now. Um, we're actually engaged and soon to get married. Um, it's it's difficult. Difficult to sort of traverse that line between like a psychological emotional connection versus something that crosses into intimacy or like, you know, drawn to someone from physical attraction or, or sexual desires.
0: What advice would you give? Because I hear that all the time. I mean, I go, I go through it with my partner, too, where, you know, how do you what advice do you give to people who are in committed relationships, but Maybe our yearning for, you know, a partner that can fulfill at least a headspace need. What advice could you give?
1: That's a hard question to answer. Um, I think I ask myself the same thing, right? I struggle with that. It's like I feel like um my my fiance, my partner is so much to me in my life in in every way possible. Uh, but he's expressed that this just is not his thing and it's and that's okay. It's just it feels like there's a core component for me and being able to share a large part of who I am, baby Dom, um, in a way that, you know, to me feels most intimate. Um, so it's hard. I mean, I think. For anyone, they have to kind of determine if, you know, you have a strong relationship with someone and if you love someone for their qualities outside of this need you have to kind of weigh those those different things and and for me it's like i'm not willing to walk away from you know the love of my life just because this isn't necessarily his thing um and i'm i'm hopeful right i'm hopeful that he sort of learns to um more fully accept and and fully embrace this part of me uh i think we're at a part where he accepts this but it's just not something that he's necessarily comfortable with um, being involved with or he's not I wouldn't even say not comfortable being involved with he is comfortable being involved with it however it feels like a chore for him and um that's the part where I wish that I had someone to kind of who was equally as invested or more so as as you know protecting and nurturing baby Don.
0: Mm. Go, moving forward to a question how do you get into more of a headspace right we talked about how you live the abdl lifestyle so i'm guessing you're kind of always in a headspace so how do you get more into a headspace if you're already living in a headspace at all times
1: a good question um i actually talked uh, about this with a friend recently and you know i feel like there's sort of this duality between me and my personas of like baby Dom and boss Dom. And there's not really anything in between. Most friends that know me, uh, will, will kind of touch on this like switch that I have, um, where I'm either very like, uh, kind of quiet and, and isolated or, um, you know, in touch with like baby Dom or I'm just kind of ruthless, um, which I need to be for a lot of like what my professional job is, um, and blending the line I think is something that I've been doing in the past. So I think this like this idea of baby Dom being more present and um, you know bleeding through my life and every day uh, is is an interesting concept. I I find that like just recently I went on a hike and I was dressed as you know little. I was wearing a diaper. Um, and we took mushrooms. And when we were going through, I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna this is gonna be great. I'm with like, you know, my my daddy, quote unquote, right? We're going through and we're gonna have a great time. And um, he's very well experienced in all this stuff. So I'm in my safe space. And uh, immediately my mind went more analytical and I started processing things. It wasn't like a bad trip necessarily, but it was totally more of that kind of boss dom of like assessing like where am I at? Why am I on this trip? What does it mean? You know, it wasn't um. It wasn't like rudimentary or simple in any way, shape or form. It wasn't like back to core basics and and baby presenting. So I think what I found was maybe trying to compartmentalize like baby Dom and and expressing baby Dom in in ways that uh, are more fitting and make sense and then doing the same and sort of harnessing, you know, boss Dom (laughs) um, and not letting that bleed over as much. Um, there may be some benefit to that. I haven't explored it enough yet to find that out, but it's sort of a contrast of what I had thought previously, which is like, I'm just going to be baby Dom all the time, right? I'm always going to be in headspace. If if you uh, if you are already ready, you ain't got to get ready kind of a thing.
0: There you go. I love that story yeah. though, because... No, because I, I've noticed like when I get high and stuff, you know, I sometimes overthink things and stuff. And I'm kind of like, oh, I I hate this. Like I'm, I'm taking drugs so that I can be more little. And sometimes I overthink things. So my question to you, and you kind of already started on it, you know, how do you handle two versions of your kink self? Because I have the same issue. There are moments where newsy baby is newsy baby, right? Babyish, cuddly, playful, no carefree, but then there's also Newsy, who's more of like, I need to go work out, I need to, you know, I need to like clean the house. But like, you know, there's still a playful side, but it's more analytical. It's a little more, you know, not as carefree, but more, I don't know how to describe it. It's they're like two different ones. And I like how you you described like boss Dom and Baby Dom. Still in the same umbrella of ABDL, but like two different versions of yourself. What advice do you give to people? who may be experiencing this duality of the same persona?
1: Um, I think knowing when to express which part of yourself um, is truest in the moment is something that is like, can be a strength. Um, I do, I'm. you know, I'm not a professional at this. I think I do unfortunately miss out on opportunities. Just recently um, I was abroad and I had an amazing opportunity to visit a nursery and stay in a nursery. Uh, which was the most like dream come true that I've ever had in my life. Um, and this person, you know, was there and helped me kind of really get into headspace. And uh, there was a moment where he scolded me and was like, Dom, are you being a baby right now? And I was like, "Uh, you know, I was going through and packing our things and getting ready and planning. Right. And, like a, planning is a large part of what I do in my day to day. And um, he immediately was like, you know, if you don't start coloring out of the lines and playing with blocks and doing all these things, like you're going to get the, you know, worst spanking you've ever had kind of thing. So for the next 40 minutes, um, I was just completely reverted back to headspace and started coloring and, you know, playing with the train. And that kind of encouragement was extremely helpful for me to really get deeper into headspace and also to recognize that there is, you know, some some value in, in this compartmentalization and and then being able to kind of separate the two, right? Not always letting it bleed over. Um, and like I said, this is something that's new for me that I'm sort of just now trying to figure out. But in that moment, I recognize that like, this isn't Boston's time, right? I shouldn't, I need to let go. I'm not in control. I need to let go and I need to just be present to get the most of this experience
0: yes being present that's something i work on with my therapist all the time and it's funny how (laughs) like it's funny how you know my therapist will tell me like oh you know he'll use my real name you know be present and i'm like okay but it's not until i'm in like a kink mode and i say the phrase be present that i'm like oh that that's what that means that's what that means to be present it's like be be newsy this version of newsy in this moment right which I was, which I was going to ask you. So do you think, you know, you've already said that you kind of have like a dom that helps you get into a little headspace. Do you think that's important for doms to do that? Like a little bit of encouragement, checking in, making sure you are in, I'll say the proper headspace.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that you know, depending on your little side, for me, a lot of it is like trying to find that safe space and to, to let go and to release control, um, which is something that I struggle with, right? Like talking about bleeding over, I was a very bossy baby. Um, you know, you didn't do the tapes right, you didn't put this on, you know, you know I want a bottle. <laughs> it was, it was a lot. So I'm still kind of learning um, to get to the point where it's like, hey, if I'm being babied, um, in a way that isn't necessarily optimal, I need to be okay with that. I'm not the one like making the decisions here, right? I need to kind of like release control. So so yeah, absolutely. I think if you have someone who can help you really lean in um and then can encourage you to kind of come out of your shell and and be your most vulnerable self. For me, I feel like my little self is my most vulnerable self. Um that's that's incredibly helpful.
0: Let's move on to responses, right? Like so now that you live the ABDL lifestyle unapologetically, what has what has the response been from friends, family, strangers, coworkers?
1: Yeah. Um so I mean I don't necessarily tell everyone, but I also, you know, I'm out there and my face is out there if somebody finds it, I would just be um unashamed. I I don't think that it would be a big thing. I haven't told like uh, my, you know, my core family, um, necessarily, but I've had the discussion like with my sister and it's been a mixed bag. Um, some people understand it. Some people, they're not surprised at all. Like I said, even before I kind of connected with the community, my closest friends kind of already knew, um, you know, so I think that for the most part, I would say like my core friends, it wasn't a surprise. Um, they're a little bit, uh, intrigued about the way that Baby Dom's developing, from what they saw before, about kind of starting in this place where it's like, you know, I'm in isolation or I'm by myself largely. This is like independent and I'm kind of doing my own thing, not connected with the community. And more recently, having connected with the community and meeting friends and other people, you know, in, in like-minded situations with similar interests, Baby Baby Dom sort of come to blossom um, a little bit, and so they've been really intrigued by that. Uh, I've had some reactions of, you know, some friends who didn't know who were raising an eyebrow. And I think when I explain it to them, then, you know, they're like, okay, that makes sense. Or for the most part, it's been pretty positive, uh, especially going out in public. I mean, I'm a very, uh, outgoing person and, uh, I have no problem like reading you to filth in a short talls with pacifier and my bottle in a very public fancy restaurant (laughs) so if people do approach me in a way that's like that um they'll see that side of me and for the most part it's been really positive
0: let's give context to it because i am curious you know living the abdl lifestyle unapologetically what does that look like i mean are you so are you always in little clothes are you always diapered do you always have a pacifier
1: Um, I would say I'm, I'm learning to find out what that means to me. I'm always kind of like in little adjacent clothes for the most part. Um, I would love to be in baby clothes all the time, but I think that that's not necessarily something that, uh, is attainable for me at the moment. Um, I think as I learn more about myself, I lean more heavily into like allowing more space for baby Dom in my life. Um, I go on like 24 7 sprints, but I'm not wearing diapers all the time just because it's not something that's practical for me um, at this point in my life, but maybe will be sometime. Uh, I would love to do that, but I think that it's just something where I'm kind of like juggling, you know, what the opportunities are for just as I have to give space to baby Dom, I also have to give space to boss Dom. And I, I recognize that as well, right? Like most recently, I was in Paris and I was thinking, Ooh, do I go to a fancy dinner like all dressed up and kind of live that lifestyle as as baby Dom especially with like duality of you know that that person who plays daddy for me and how great that would be the contrast and just the shock factor (laughs) and I decided to not do that and instead just really get dressed up and kind of fancy with it um and give give boss Dom that experience instead
0: I wanna ask you because I feel like I go through this all the time, where you know, I'll notice sometimes on the weekends half of me wants to be diapered and then the other half of me just wants to like live a nor I say normal, but like what I'm really trying to get out is like I wanna wear I wanna wear and I don't wanna wear all at the same time. Have you ever experienced that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um And it's, it's really interesting because if I'm just like, for me, I'm very much like a little, it's not about like the DL side of it. Um, I mean, there is like a part that I'm drawn to in like a sexual way, but it's not fully that a lot of it is headspace. A lot of it is psychological. Um, and like finding that safe space for me. So I think that just me throwing on a diaper and then wearing like super fancy clothes would kind of throw me for a loop. (laughs) I think it needs to be one or the other. Um, You know, where it's like something at least like little adjacent, like I love wearing this kind of a thing, right? Like I'll wear this out in public all the time or to work. I wear this all the time. People are like, what is that? And it's very easy to just pass off as, oh, it's anime or, you know, it's something similar to that. Um, I also have like a great dinosaur sweater that I wear from Bonobos that's very like little friendly, but not necessarily (laughs) little clothing.
0: Just for the listeners, just because it is a podcast, he's wearing a white shirt with like a red trim on it and like, oh, wait, there's, are those multiple dinosaurs on it? There's like a red, red dragon. It's a
1: dragon. Yeah, I love dragons. So most of my, this is, this is Bluey. He's my dragon.
0: Oh, there's <laughs> a little, little grayish, bluish dragon. He's holding a little grayish, bluish dragon. Are you diaper too tonight? Yes. Oh, what do we have on?
1: Um, let's see. I think it's a preschool today.
0: Right here can confirm it it's a preschool (laughs) today um no the other question i wanted to ask you is you know what happens you know you said that um you're trying to find the line so how do you how do you navigate living an abdl lifestyle while also being a professional right i don't know what you do for a living and you don't have to say what you do for a living but you know with my line of work i couldn't wear little clothes in my line of work right I couldn't wear little adjacent clothes in my line of work so how do you how do you navigate being a professional but also being a baby
1: yeah um primarily I work remote um especially after COVID so that probably Mm -hmm. gives you a good idea of the realm that I live in uh, before that, even when I was going into the office and things, I think if I wear this, you know, in the office in New York or San Francisco or wherever I happen to be, um, I think people would just chalk it up as cute. I mean, this is the hat that I wear every day, right? It's like some bears and again, little adjacent, but not necessarily like, uh, babyish. That being said though, I actually did get caught. Uh, I was wearing an ABU hat, um, <laughs> not too long ago and one of my coworkers was like Dom are you a little and completely knew exactly what it was and uh, it was kind of great and I, I sparked a conversation and this person and I um, shared a, a deeper conversation about that part of me and he would drop little nuggets in large team meetings of like oh little Dom what are you wearing you know and nobody else really knew what that meant but I knew what that meant and it tickled me.
0: Oh, so you actually thought it was like a cute compliment that was like a secret between friends.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. It was like something that felt um, very supportive, super positive. And, you know, he opened up about his experiences just in kink in general and other things, but happened to know exactly what a little was.
0: It's the magic of those hats. I'm telling you, I feel like, I feel like ABU needs to put like missed connections on their website. So, like, do you remember Craigslist days or, like, misconnections? You could be like, I saw a giraffe hat at X location at X time. Who are you? And then you could go back yeah. and be like, oh, that's me.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I feel like it's almost, like, voguing. Like, if you know, you know, you know, back in the day when gay or, like, um, hanky code. Like, I feel like back in the day when gays couldn't necessarily uh, be out loud and proud, they had subtle ways to help identify each other and, This is definitely one of those things. I'm always kind of like wearing the hat in hopes of like someone give me a look or something else. I even tagged all my ABU um, stickers with the little animals on my work laptop (laughs) just in case somebody sees it. It's like, great, sparks a conversation.
0: There you go. One thing I've always admired about your profile is your level of little adjacent clothing is always on key it's always fire so my what i really want to ask is how do you start how do you start buying little adjacent clothing i mean like do you go to the kids section and you're like i'm just gonna buy kids clothes or like you know like what should people be thinking about when they're like i want to buy some little adjacent clothing
1: yeah um i don't know i think that like anything that's cutesy that you know primary colors kind of stuff i really like fashion um, so when I am dressing up in like Boston, it's kind of like, I really go to the nines and I'm, I'm layering and all the accessories, love jewelry. Uh, and so I kind of give that same level of passion, um, for little Dom and for baby Dom, uh, especially, you know, like onesies down under and all like the baby clothes. I love that kind of thing and wearing short and having, um, having, uh, not handkerchiefs, what are they called? And I'm just completely forgetting cause I'm jet-lagged. Oh, like little hankies. Yes, yeah. Uh, not bibs either, but the ones that go around your neck, I can't think. I can't think of what they're <laughs> called. It. No, but I know, they're like a hanky,
0: but you tie them around your neck and they're like a little bigger, right?
1: Exactly. There yep, you go. I love those. Those are great. You can clip your passy to it, do the whole thing. So.
0: Oh, nice. Um, you did bring up, you know, when you are wearing little Jason clothing or just little clothing that you have gotten some negative feedback what is, what is usually the negative feedback saying? Is it like, like, who are you? Or are they accusing you of anything? What is the negative feedback?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's actually the close necessarily. I think the, the feedback that was uh, mixed was actually the people that are closest to me, my family. Um, mm. And, and uh, I was open about, you know, baby Dom and um, what this meant. And I kind of approached it in like a, tipsy toe kind of a way where I expressed it as like oh maybe this is something that I'm into and um, I actually at first kind of tested the waters right strategically and said like oh have you heard a pup play have you heard this have you heard that and kind of started to really just get a feel for whether or not I wanted to approach the subject and then one thing led to another and I shared it with uh, my sister actually of all people Um, and she has three children So it felt like it was something where she couldn't really connect at first um, and was a little bit taken back. And I didn't love the reaction or the questions that followed, um, but it was something where I was like, okay, well, maybe it was just me being too forward, too open, too transparent. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I've necessarily gotten like negative reactions from the clothing or like my appearance. Um, It's more some of the people that are closest to me and like, you know, my family uh, have raised an eyebrow because they maybe just don't understand and they don't have the education to fully like process what this means internally. For me, a lot of it is like very therapeutic.
0: Right. So how do you, because, you know, I've had a guest on, on this podcast who told their parents and it was a positive experience, you know, but I feel like he is definitely an outlier to most experiences. I mean, I, when I told my family that I was gay, there were some raised eyebrow questions and that was just saying that I was gay. So how do you, how do you navigate going through this process of, you know, your family doesn't really understand and you're trying to get them to understand or, or maybe, I don't know, have you, have you given up on getting them to understand?
1: No, um, I expressed that I felt hurt based on the reaction or the response. Um, and I think, you know, for my sister, she took that, she internalized that and she recognized that maybe that I, I had hurt that I had felt hurt. Um, and we talked about it. I don't think we ever got to a conclusion of like, yeah, okay, I'm going to accept this fully or embrace this fully, right? I understand where you're coming from. But I think that she realized that it it didn't feel good for me to hear the way that she sort of questioned or the what her immediate response was. Um, so acknowledgement was, was a big one. Um, and it's funny that you relate it to like coming out because that's exactly the way that I feel it. Some of the people that I've like shared this with have immediately gone to you know, well, what does this mean for me? And I have to kind of check them and say, no, 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 this is my thing, not your thing. Right. It's not about you. It's about me. And so how it impacts you is not as important. It's something that I'm sharing and that like that I'm the one being vulnerable here. I'm the one that's, you know, embracing or identifying that uh, uh, embracing or fully accepting this part of me. So when I do that, I think that they think the same way as like, okay, if someone's coming out to you, you don't want to meet that with like oh no my son's gay right <laughs> or like, oh no my friend's gay um same thing with oh no my friend's a little
0: you brought it up so i just want to ask it do you feel like you were too forward do you feel like you were too revealing when you told your parents in hindsight
1: um no not really i'm a very open person um so i don't like being like dishonest, if it comes across, it's not like I just like share it openly, right? It's more about like, if it starts, if we start down that path, um, or if somebody asks me, I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm not going to shy away from it. I'll, I'll own it because that is part of me and, uh, living unapologetically, I guess, right? Fully embracing and accepting who I am. And this is part of me, uh, is something that I sort of owe that to myself.
0: What advice do you have for others that may want to come out to their family or feel a need to, um, do you have any advice for them?
1: Um, I think that it's about the way that you approach the subject, right? It's like, this is a part of me. It's not all of me, but the part of me that it represents, um, is a very core, fundamental, vulnerable peace. And if you're telling someone that you love that's close in your life, um, then hopefully they'll receive that in a way that is, you know, accepting, loving, embracing. Um, That may not always be the case, but I think that that shouldn't necessarily stop you from being true to yourself. um, If that's something that's important to you, right? Some people feel completely fine having this part of themselves sort of hidden away. Um, And it doesn't bother them to not share it. So if it's something that's knocking at your door where you're feeling like you can't fully embrace or you can't fully accept this part of yourself, um, then, yeah, I mean, I would encourage them to find the people that are closest in their life that will have an open ear and an open heart and an open mind and, and share it if it if it's helpful for you.
0: And of course, not every response has been or has a twinge of negativity to it. Let's talk about the porn star, Andrew Delta, and that very cute video of you both going down a slide. Can you please paint the picture of who he is to you? And how cool is that, that you have like a porn star playing with a little, I don't know, I just think it's so cute. Can please, please explain the story.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, so Andrew Delta is a close personal friend of mine. I've known him for a little over a decade now. Um, He wasn't always a porn star. Um, But funny enough, he actually has known about baby Dom for a long, long time, much before anyone that I had met in the community. Um, Way back when he found diapers in my closet, and he asked me about them. And I was super open about it, even back then. Um, And he was you know, he welcomed me with open arms. He was very interested and intrigued about it. Um, he, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, she's he, just a close friend. I think. Um, we don't live in the same area, unfortunately. But recently, he was in the same area that I'm staying in, and I uh, reached out and we connected, and um, we had a really fun night, and it ended with uh, us going to a playground and going on swings and slides and just having a fun time with baby dom
0: oh i love that have you had other experiences like that have you had other experiences of people who aren't into this kink but have fun with it at the same level that you have fun with it
1: oh absolutely all of my closest friends that i didn't know anything about you know that they didn't know anything about abdl um they all know i mean i'm I'm turning 30 soon And uh, all of my closest friends for our little trip have already told me that the theme is mommies and daddies (laughs) because they know exactly who baby Dom is. Um, And even though they may not identify as mommies or daddies, that's exactly what they're going to be for, you know, for that part of the trip. So definitely they uh, they fully accept and embrace who I am. How do you
0: how do you know when to tell a close friend i mean like how do you like is it just something in your gut in your soul that you knew like okay these are really good friends of mine i want to tell them like how do you know when a good friend is worth telling that
1: yeah um i think i actually am one of those people who struggle with telling too much uh, or being too open being too um comfortable with you know allowing people in um, so I've actually sort of learned to fortify and and to reassess of like maybe I need to be more hesitant or be more aware of um, people getting too close. Um, that being said, I feel like if I have a connection with someone, a strong connection, I'm one of those people who really like invests in my friendships, and my friendships are lasting over many years. Um, so if I meet someone and I just don't really connect deeply, it's not that I don't like you. It's just that I choose to invest my time elsewhere, um, with sort of my core circle, my my core friendships, and those are the people that are closest to me that I reveal baby dom to.
0: Mm. Have you ever, have you ever revealed yourself to a friend or someone and later regretted it?
1: Um, I mean the experience with my sister was is potentially regrettable. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm still processing what that means. <laughs> um, and we'll see. Uh, there's also just like for her specifically, there's this sort of closed minded um, part to her. I mean, for a long time with like the whole COVID situation and the vaccines, you know, the vaccine status, we would argue left and right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of talking it up to maybe it's just that, that she's closed minded. Um, I guess Part of me regrets it, but at the same time, I would have regretted had I not been, like, honest and true to myself. Um, I don't think that I've really had, like, a terribly ne- negative experience. I think people are questioning or they want to understand uh, more often than not, especially my close friends. They're always very, like, interested in understanding and, and learning um, and wanting to kind of get a better idea um, of of why this is something that is a large part of me
0: do they know everything i mean do they know everything like have they seen you in a diaper have they seen you gotten changed i mean how how revealing are you
1: um yeah i mean it depends on which friend we're, we're talking about but most of my friends yes absolutely most of my friends are very clued into to baby god um That's and sometimes i'm just in full baby mode in front of them and it's great um recently actually i had uh you know another little friend um, in san francisco and i went up and visited him um, and he's recently turned his bed into a crib and i brought all of my core friends who are not into abgl and you know they've already met him they've been friends with him and um we had such a blast over two to three days and it was a very much okay you're talking too much pacifier time you know (laughs) that kind of a thing it was very uh little vibe the entire time very little seemed
0: oh i love that in wrapping up what advice would you give to people who want to live more authentically their abdl side every day
1: um i would say you know what does it mean to you to be able to really share uh this part of yourself with those that are closest to you, if that's what you want. Or maybe it's just you getting more confident about being out in public and being able to show this part of you. Um, Trying to figure out why it's important for you to be vulnerable um, and to be able to express this part of yourself. And for me, it was something where I felt like I couldn't continue to silence this part of myself anymore without growing to regret it. Um, and and feeling like I'd missed out, and, and feeling truly sad that this was a part of me that I sort of was ignoring or not nurturing um, in the way that I really need to for my own mental health and um, for my happiness.
0: You know, you brought up mental health, and I always love to get on the topic of mental health. Can you just, let's wrap up with, now that you have come out fully your abdl side and it sounds like it is both a sexual and a mental health thing for you do you feel yourself happier do you feel yourself more open do you feel less weight on your shoulders
1: yeah absolutely um i think that i definitely reserve my little headspace too as a, as a safe space so if i'm feeling down i'm feeling sad i'm feeling stressed i'm feeling whatever um you know reverting into that little safe space is is really therapeutic for me. Um, and I know that a lot of people in the community are starting to kind of really explore what that means um, in a psychological way. It's always been something for me that's like, I just want to curl up and, you know, hug my stuffy, suck my passy, drink my bottle and and have someone read me a story. And I think it's just times are simpler, right? I think it's a tool that you can really learn to harness depending on how you want to approach it. Um, I was having a conversation recently about someone who's been in the community for a long, long time. And uh, one of the things that he loves to do is to help people sort of uh, revert back into simpler times and to be able to harness the skill of Being able to focus on something where you don't have distractions, you're not thinking of dependencies 12 steps ahead, you're not concerned about what ifs and and whys, you're really just focused in the moment living in the moment for what you're doing. And if you can figure out how to um, really wield that as a tool, it can it can be very advantageous, it can be really powerful for you um, in your in your everyday life, right? Like in getting ahead in society for whatever you're trying to do, it can be really, really powerful because I think that growing up, you start to think too much about your surroundings and um, what is going to happen if I make this move, then, you know, this happens here. And it's, it's really, really helpful to be able to kind of like simplify and to think in a very uh, focused way where there's no distractions that are coming in.
0: Can you name drop who this person is?
1: Uh, um, they're not a big, like, public person in the community, but they're the ones who run the nursery um, where I went. So,
0: oh, okay. And also,
1: that they work in education, so I think their name should be probably not name dropped
0: fair fair (laughs) enough fair enough but that does sound very interesting and i would i maybe i can talk to this person one day and i'm actually i would love to go on like a shroom hiking trip with you totally decked out in littles gear too when you said that i was like that sounds like so much fun i would love to do that
1: yeah absolutely let's do it um I mean, it was my first time doing that, like in little gear, and like I said, unfortunately, it wasn't really a little's headspace like I had envisioned it to be. Um, but I'll definitely try it again.
0: <laughs> there, there you go. It's always the se- right. It's like for me, it was always the second. It was the second time that I did shrooms that I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." The first time, it was like, "Jesus."
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, the friend that I had mentioned in San Francisco, um, he's been in the community for a long time. He's a a large, large, uh, you know, um, part of San Francisco ABDL culture. He kind of started a lot of the groups or one of the founding members. And um, like I mentioned, he turned his bed into a crib. Uh, we did shrooms when we were out there, and I was sort of having like a bad trip. We were watching Hocus Pocus and the Hocus Pocus 2 that had just gone out, uh-huh. and I started getting like really in my head, and my hands got clammy, and I was like, What's happening? And we ended up running back to his crib and just like hiding in the crib and like listening to APDL <laughs> hypnosis as like a safe space, and it was, it was pretty incredible.
0: Oh, uh, I love that. Well, yeah. thank you, Baby Dom, for coming to Newsy Snook and talking about how to live unapologetically. As an ABDL.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Of course. Bye. Take care. All right, kiddos. Before I go, make sure to tune in next week for my conversation with Baby Chip on how his New Year's resolution this year has changed his life. All right, kiddos, I'm officially soggy. I gotta go change. See ya. Bye.